0: You guys, I can't fucking wait to see that
1: movie. Yes, I'm Helen. I'm Miss Sinclair.
2: And I'm Edison. And this week we are bringing you a very special feature.
1: Oh,
0: yes! yes. We're going to play a fun little game of Mary Fuck Kill. I cannot wait to watch
1: this movie again
0: it's just so fucking weird we're about to hit the dance floor at jackrabbit slims because we've got that saturday night fever baby i
1: loved this movie too (laughs) it was so ridiculous ridiculous. i just pray that green book doesn't win oh god i know (laughs) (laughs) welcome to talk movie to me a weekly podcast where we either feature a new release and delve into our weekend entertainment focus in on a performer's career or buy an extra large popcorn and do a double feature i'm helen I'm Miss Sinclair
2: and I'm Edison and as we begin a new year we wanted to shout out a special listener each week. What makes them special you ask? Well it's simple. They support us on Patreon. Some of you may not be familiar with what that is so I'll explain. Patreon is a subscription service that allows creators like Helen, Miss Sinclair and myself to earn a monthly income from the patrons who support us. Patreon supports a huge variety of artists and creators, from YouTubers, to musicians, to podcasters like us. Our Patreon membership costs $4 Canadian per month, roughly the price of a single Americano. It may not sound like much, but it adds up for us, and we appreciate the support immensely. So what do you get in return for your patronage? You mean besides the bragging rights of knowing you're one of our most favorite people in the whole entire world? You get access to an exclusive episode just for Patreon subscribers every month. You also get access to our catalog of previous Talk Movie To Me seasons. Should you ever wish to revisit that time that Helen and Miss Sinclair nearly ended Christmas with their fight about the family stone? Or that time that they gave me such grief for maybe buying the wrong TIFF ticket? And each week we'll shout out one of you epic supporters and dedicate the episode to you. So if you want that special recognition, make sure to go to patreon.com/talkmovie to me and become a subscriber. This week's episode is dedicated to Blake Spears, a patron from Australia who has been listening from the very beginning and who actually created the snazzy new intro we debuted last season. Thank you, Blake. Your support is very appreciated. This week, we have one of our fan-favorite episodes. It's our fifth annual Most Anticipated Films of the Year special. Woo! (laughs) First off, Helen, Sinclair, and myself will each shout out a movie that we saw in 2021 and didn't have a chance to talk about on the podcast. And then we'll each count down our top five most anticipated movies of 2022. So let's get right to it, shall we?
1: Yes.
0: Yes. Also, I need to say that we are unfortunately experiencing a lockdown here in Mm. Toronto. So cinemas are closed. So right now, there are a couple movies that we have not been able to check out (laughs) in the theaters. Uh And we will be covering those movies as soon as we can. As soon as we could see them. Mm -hmm.
2: Brutal. Yeah. But for much of 2021, we actually were able to go to cinemas, which was amazing. And we covered a lot of those films in the podcast, but some of them we didn't have a chance to. So, Helen, what was your pick for the 2021 film um, that you wish we had covered in the podcast?
1: I decided to go with A24's film, The Humans. Um, This is written and directed by Stephen Karam, and it's based off of his stage play by the same name. And The Humans won the Tony Award for Best Play in 2016. So here is the description, courtesy of IMDb. Set inside a pre-war duplex in downtown Manhattan, The Humans follows the course of an evening in which the Blake family gathers to celebrate Thanksgiving. A darkness falls outside the crumbling building. Mysterious things start to go bump in the night and family tensions reach a boiling point. Mm-hmm. So this film stars uh, Richard Jenkins, Jane Howdy Shell, Amy Schumer, Beanie Feldstein, Stephen Yeun, and June Squibb. Cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is a really interesting movie and story. I won't get too in depth about it right now but something that I really appreciated about this story is the way that family tension and trauma manifests itself in this story I found most closely resembles what actual life is like Mm. Mm. and what it's like to be in those situations where there's big family gatherings and there's all this stuff like simmering under the surface and how it comes up in conversation and and the fears that we have as individuals and as a collective group. And the genre in this movie is very interesting. Stephen Krem initially wanted the play to be a horror or a thriller, and then it evolved into a more of this family story, but it still has those horror thriller elements to it. Mm-hmm. So it's very interesting. It's, it's, is there like a supernatural uh, co- element? Kind of, but it's like super subtle. Okay. Mm, mm -hmm. It just gives this sort of like foreboding, haunting sense throughout the whole thing. So yeah, I highly recommend the acting and the writing is really incredible. And I would love to see this on stage one day. Yeah, I think it was a quiet, small film that kind of flew under the radar. But it is available to rent on Amazon Prime. So I would highly recommend listeners go check it out. Sinclair, what's your pick? Okay, so
0: (laughs) I watched... Malignant, directed by James Wan, and I finally ended up watching this because I I actually wanted to do this for a Halloween episode, but mm-hmm. this movie had such a wonky theatrical release, at least in Toronto, mm-hmm. or maybe I just wasn't paying attention en- enough. I don't know, but basically, when I went to try to see this, it was only playing at one theater that was like across the city, so mm. I didn't get to see it in theaters, and then. Basically it was like thirty bucks to rent Mm. and I just I just waited and waited until it was six ninety nine to rent. Yeah, fair. So finally at this point you could rent it for, you know, a a rental price. (laughs) Mm. So yeah, I finally watched this and Malignant is about a woman named Madison, played by Annabelle Wallace, who is having these visions of very grisly murders and she realizes that they are actually happening in real life and she has this weird connection with the person slash entity who's Hmm. committing these murders so James Wan is obviously he's a big name in horror you know he did saw the conjuring insidious and when you watch uh, the trailer for this movie it feels like it's going to be in in the same vein as those mm-hmm. films and then when you start watching it it's definitely got a different feel to it and you're like oh, okay where is this going and All I can say about this movie is that it is completely batshit bonkers crazy. And (laughs) I had heard that the last 30 minutes of this film is completely insane, but I didn't know why. Mm. And it's better to just go into this movie blind, like not really knowing why it's so crazy. And I hate even sitting here saying how bonkers it is. Because I Mm -hmm. I feel like even that's a spoiler in a lot of ways. But at the same time, I think that a lot of people hated this movie and a lot of people like love this movie. And Mm. I think it just has to do with uh, how you decide you're going to watch it. Okay. Um, I honestly think this is the best comedy of 2021. (laughs) oh okay interesting. and interesting. it's not it's not a spoiler in the sense that James Wan has talked about how this was very influenced by giallo films which Edison we've chatted about on the podcast yeah, before so it's of
2: camp to them for sure y-
0: yes so this movie all I want to say is just like get drunk and watch malignant because it is completely insane bonkers and you'll see <laughs> why when you watch it <laughs> you'll know exactly oh, I what can't I'm wait to watch about. this one
2: yeah, that actually makes it's me more excited ridiculous. to watch. It's ridiculous.
0: I had cool. tears in my eyes. Like it was it was just mental. Cool. Okay, Addison.
2: Okay, so my pick for 2021 that I really wish we had of been able to do an episode on is Spider-Man: No Way Home.
0: Yes. I know. I I mean to be fair though, I I was going to see this in theaters and it, I mm. we can we can't right now. I know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, I managed mm. to
2: catch it just before. So this one, yeah, it just came out in December and I think a huge number of our listeners have probably watched this already, but if you haven't, there will be major spoilers. So if you don't want to hear them, just skip ahead a couple of minutes and you'll be fine. So Spider-Man No Way Home picks up basically immediately after the last film, 2019's Far From Home. Mm-hmm. Tom Holland is continues as our friendly neighborhood superhero. And the story is basically his secret identity has been revealed and he's being accused by the press, of murdering Mysterio, who was Jake Gyllenhaal's character in the last movie. Mm -hmm. And so the entire world knows that Peter Parker is Spider-Man, and so his life and the lives of all of his friends become really difficult, right? So he approaches Doctor Strange, Benedict Cumberbatch, to basically ask him for a favor. Like, hey, dude, remember that time that we defeated Thanos and saved the universe together? Like, maybe you could cast a spell and make everybody forget that I'm Spider-Man. And... (laughs) NBD. Um, And so, but Doctor Strange says yes. But when he's casting the spell, Spider-Man kind of keeps talking and like fucks it up. And Mm -hmm. when you're dealing with space and time, there's no such thing as like a tiny fuck up. So essentially before Strange has a chance to cancel this faulty spell, it like rips a tear in the fabric of the multiverse and characters from other universes who knew Spider-Man's identity come on through into this world.
1: My goodness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And
2: so that includes like several villains from the previous Spider-Man films, right? Mm. All of whom ultimately died in their respective universes in their battles with Spider-Man. And this really challenges Tom Holland's Spider-Man to reflect on what it means to be a hero and like what his mm. role and duty is is as spider-man but the big moment is okay spoiler uh when toby Maguire <laughs> and andrew garfield both appear as well and obviously both of them have played spider-man in their own films right so this is actually like such an emotional payoff as a fan watching all these films the first spider-man film with toby Maguire came out in 2002 that's almost 20 years ago and wow. yeah. having them both come back and have—it's not a cameo. It's actually integral to the plot and the story. And they all learn from each other and help each other define who That's they cool. are as Spider-Man. It actually is really wonderful and emotional, and particularly for Andrew Garfield's character, who gets a real like redemption mm. because his Spider-Man was kind of criticized. There wasn't so super mm. loved. And this is like a redemption moment. And he's talked openly about how thankful he is for that in interviews. So, yeah, I absolutely loved it. Uh, I thought it was a brilliant movie. And the world agrees this is the only movie of 2021 to actually cross the billion-dollar mark at the World, wow. world box office. Mm-hmm. And it's actually currently at just over one and a half billion.
1: Holy
2: Oh, yeah. And it also has 93% critics rating and 98% audience rating on Rotten Tomatoes. Mm, so, mm-hmm. absolute winner and a great way to wrap up 2021.
0: Yes. Cool. Okay.
2: The entire world is about to forget the Peter Parker Spider Man. Wait, everyone? Can't some people still know? That's not how the spell works. So MJ going to forget about everything we've ever been through. Stop tampering with the spell. Oh, my God. Ned, he's my best friend. My Aunt May should really know. <laughs> what
0: just happened?
1: Before we get into our picks for this year, I want to go back and just review the picks that we had last year. <laughs> um, so last oh, Helen. Picked... Are you
2: ready for this? Are you sure? <sighs>
0: I know. (laughs) This is always Um, fun.
1: This is always fun. (laughs) So last year we ended up only doing three each because of the fact that a lot of the movies that we had picked for 2020 weren't coming out until 2021 and we didn't Mm -hmm. want to name them again. So we only did three. These were the number three picks. Sinclair, you picked Minari. Mm -hmm. Great pick. Holds up. Edison, you picked The the Matrix. Okay. Um, Yeah. I picked Old. Wow (laughs) The M. Night Film (laughs) Horrible It was horrible 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 Here was number two Sinclair Yours was Dune Again Excellent Excellent pick
0: Yeah Amazing
1: Uh, Edison your number two Was the Guillermo del Toro Pinocchio Which actually hasn't Come out yet Fair So Pending Maybe we'll see that someday Yet to be determined (laughs) Yeah (laughs) Yeah Uh, My number two pick Was A Quiet Place Part (laughs) 2 Which was also awful. I didn't, didn't uh, well, love that. I
2: liked it. I liked it. Well,
1: uh, it was I very love good. That. I mean, <laughs> I would not like put it on any sort of list of like movies that I enjoyed in 2021.
0: Okay. Right. I actually forgot about Let it. Let alone completely.
1: have it be my second most anticipated film. Mm. Uh, so I'm I'm over for two. Sinclair, your number one pick, *Nomadland*. Best Ooh. picture winner, best director <laughs> winner. Yeah. Just,
2: Sinclair what a what a list! Hitting the grand slam there, boom.
1: <laughs> Edison, your number one was Shang Chi, Oh, which you like was Shang amazing. Yeah? Love Shang like Chi, that? Yes. Edison. Oh no! Yeah, uh, what uh, what my number one it? pick was Deep Water. Um, <laughs> that's the movie with Ben Affleck and Anna de Armas, which its theatrical release just got pulled. Um, oh, that's not a good sign. It's Not getting a theatrical not a good release. Sign. It's gonna. Yeah, it's going to be released on Hulu, apparently. I I mean, I feel like I'm, never, I'm not even going to be able to see my number one pick. Uh, I mean, I would imagine... You literally only why. picked
2: that movie because you were lured in by their romantic chemistry. But now that we've got Benefit for 2.0, like, doesn't I know. anybody care?
1: Exactly. Well, but that isn't the only reason why. I did read the book, and I really liked yeah. the book. Oh, okay. Fair, so, fair. yeah. And it's by Patricia Highsmith, who wrote Talented Mr. Ripley. So I had legitimate reasons for picking it. It wasn't about just what I thought the chemistry might be like in that film but now it just seems like everyone wants to forget that it ever existed
2: mm, right it was my
1: yeah. number one so <laughs> I'm really hoping that my list this year is more successful than last year. well year's. Mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> well there's only one way to find out <laughs> uh, I know I'm so get?
1: I'm so excited
2: me too I, love I know I just really love
0: our lists yeah <laughs> Yeah, because <laughs> we don't know what each other picked. So it's a fun surprise for us. I as know. <laughs> and we might have overlapping ones too. So we'll yeah, see. Yeah. We'll see where they rank.
2: Ooh. All right. So why don't we start with number five, Sinclair.
0: Okay. So my number five pick, I picked Crimes of the Future. This is David Cronenberg's oh, uh, yes. new film. Oh, yes. <gasps> my dearest David has not released a feature film since 2014 with Maps of the Stars. He is Mm -hmm. one of my favorite directors. He's a Canadian gem. Mm -hmm. And for the later part of his career, he's really moved away from body horror, which is Mm -hmm. what I think he does best. I also enjoy a lot of his dark psychological study type films, Um, A Dangerous Method, A History of Violence. But ultimately, I love his body horror films. Mm-hmm. So this film was talked about by Vigo Mortensen when he did a GQ interview. He said that he's working on a project with David Cronenberg. And he was quoted saying, yes, we do have something in mind. It's something he wrote a long time ago and he never got to make it. Now he's refined it and he wants to shoot it. I would say without giving the story away, he's going maybe a little bit back to his origins, which I'm taking as like body horror, um, like 80s style. Here's a quick synopsis via IMDb: A deep dive into the not-so-distant future in which humankind is learning to adapt to its synthetic surroundings. This evolution moves humans beyond their natural state and into a metamorphosis, which alters their biological makeup.
2: Yeah, sounds huh. like body horror to me. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it sounds
0: amazing to me. It almost sounds like it could be the fly-style makeup mm-hmm. effects. And really great cast. The top build cast here is Leah Seydoux, Kristen Stewart, and of course Vigo Mortison. And he wants to finish it by May so it can premiere at the Cannes Film Festival. So awesome. I'm very excited ab- a- about this. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
2: I am too, actually. That sounds great.
0: Yeah. yeah. Mm. Okay, Edison, what's what's your uh, number
1: five pick?
2: Okay, so number five, now hear me out. <laughs> oh, um,
1: God. It's going to be a Marvel movie. <laughs>
2: No. So my number five is Avatar 2.
0: Okay, (laughs) hold on. Is that actually coming out?
2: Yes. Yes. In December. Okay. So, yes, I know that the original Avatar hasn't necessarily aged well, like in terms of the story. I mean, but the visuals still hold up. And it actually was genuinely groundbreaking at the time of its release way back in 2009. And I, I swear I saw this like six times at the movie theater when it came out in that 3D. <laughs> it was completely insane at the IMAX. So, That's
1: so crazy.
2: <laughs> when it comes out in December, it will have been 13 years since the original yeah, yeah wow so he's directing again but this time he got josh friedman to write the script and i think that's promising for me because he also wrote the foundation series which admittedly got off to a slow start but then got really really good and mm-hmm. also the Snowpiercer series hmm, cool. which was critically acclaimed though i didn't watch it so yeah good screenwriter on there which is going to be key to whether this is successful or not really not much is known about avatar 2 in terms of the story, but it definitely takes place in the same world, and the story is going to expand, and we'll see other elements of the world. And Zoe Saldana, Sigourney Weaver return, same with that guy, what's his name? Um,
0: Sam Sam Worthington. Sam Worthington, yes.
2: (laughs) But new to the cast this time is Michelle Yeoh and Kate Winslet.
1: Mm Oh, Yes
2: really interested to see how that will turn out cautiously optimistic right Helen what about you number five
1: okay my number five is a movie called women talking Uh Um, yeah Sinclair (laughs) so this is based off of a book by Miriam Taves who is a Canadian writer here is the description courtesy of IMDb all my descriptions are courtesy of IMDb so I'm only going to say that once so I don't have to say it every (laughs) time So, Women Talking follows a group of women in an isolated Mennonite religious colony in Bolivia as they struggle to reconcile their faith with a string of sexual assaults committed by the colony's men. So this is based off of true events that happened in Bolivia. It's pretty harrowing. The book itself is sort of an imagined conversation that could have taken place between the women in this colony after they realized they were being drugged and raped by all the men Mm -hmm. it is i mean it's hard to read (laughs) i imagine it's gonna be hard to watch i think that it's gonna be better than the book it's not an enjoyable (laughs) read it's not it's not at all
2: okay so so i'm so curious helen why is this on your most anticipated list
1: it's directed by sarah polly canadian jab. and and it stars Jesse Buckley, Claire Foy, Rooney Mara, Francis McDormand, and Ben Whishaw.
2: Okay, well, mm. it's going to be really difficult for this film not to be good then. I know.
1: And yeah, just it's written by a Canadian, the book itself, and then being directed by a Canadian woman. And that's reason enough for me to pick it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Oh, yeah. Okay, Sinclair, what's number four?
0: Okay, so my number four is called Poor Things. Um, it's mm-hmm. going to be the new film by Yorgos Lanthimos.
1: Oh, yes. Mm. And listen
0: to this cast. Emma Stone, Willem Dafoe, Margaret Qualley, Mark Ruffalo, Christopher Abbott. Oh, hell yeah. I love it. Wow. I love it. Poor Things is a novel by a Scottish writer, Alistair Gray, that was published in 1992. And little synopsis via IMDb. Look, I mean, there's not a lot of information on these films. Like, really, we have to give the synopsis via IMDb, okay?
1: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So just
0: bear with it. (laughs) So IMDb says, This film will be a Victorian tale of love, discovery, and scientific daring. Poor Things tells the incredible story of Belle Baxter, a young woman brought back to life by an eccentric but brilliant scientist. This is in production. The date says 2022. So I'm hoping that I can see this as soon as possible. So Mm. So he's
2: going back into that same kind of period as The Favourite.
0: Yes. And so we all loved The Favourite. That was his last feature film. That was 2018. He did do a short film called Nimic in 2019, which I watched. And it's like very vague and very absurd Mm. and... Really interesting to sit down and interpret. But that's the last thing he did, which was a short. And this is actually his third collaboration with Emma Stone. So she's becoming quite a muse for him. Mm. So she did the favorite. Yeah, she's doing poor things. And then she's also doing another movie with him called the Entitled Greek National Opera Project.
1: <laughs> I don't know wow. what that is, but it sounds intense. Interesting.
0: Yeah. And the screenwriter on this is uh, Tony McNamara, who also wrote the screenplay for The Favorite with Deborah Davis, and they oh, were God, they were both amazing. nominated for an Oscar for that screenplay. Yeah, so he's the one that's going to be adapting uh, the novel.
2: It's going to be tough to top The Favorite, particularly with the screenplay, and if it's set in the same period, it's like it, they definitely can't mm. approach the same tone, or it's going to feel really, mm. you know what I mean?
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I am really curious. About this, mm-hmm. I always love watching his films, so it's it's always mm-hmm. an experience regardless. So yeah, yeah, poor things. Okay, Edison.
2: All right. So number four on my list is one that I think may have some crossover. So this mm-hmm. is the next film from writer director Damien Chazelle,
1: and mm-hmm. it's Babylon, okay, Babylon due to be yeah.
2: released on Christmas Day. So plot details on this are scarce. Um, but it seems to be a Hollywood period piece that stars Brad Pitt and Margot Robbie as silent film stars trying to navigate this transition into the talkies as they referred to them at the time.
0: Mm-hmm. Hmm.
2: Also starring is Toby Maguire, Olivia Wilde, and Gene Smart. So hmm. I really like Damien Chazelle. I loved Whiplash and La La Land and I enjoyed First Man. I know y'all <laughs> didn't
0: can't get into that debate
2: no yeah. but here's the thing first man was written by josh singer right? Yes. and y'all that that's why you didn't like it because yeah. he also wrote the post and spotlight yeah so whereas damien chazelle wrote whiplash and motherland and is also the writer on this on babylon as well so, yeah it sounds like
0: he's going back to like what he does best
2: yeah, exactly. I'm sure that it's gonna be gorgeous, lush, emotional. It's a big December Oscar, you know, release. Mm, I can't yeah. wait. I think it's gonna be a really good one. Yeah.
0: Mm, okay.
2: Helen, yeah. how about you? Number four.
1: My number four pick is Don't Worry Darling. Mm. Um, this <laughs> is directed by Olivia Wilde. Uh-huh. Um, and here is the description. A is this 1950s wife. Yes. Yes. <gasps> I'm getting there. A 1950s housewife living with her husband in a utopian experimental community begins to worry that his glamorous company may be hiding disturbing secrets.
2: Is he the husband?
1: I believe so. And this is starring Florence Pugh and Harry Uh Styles. Uh, Chris Pine is in this as well. Gemma Chan and Olivia Wilde has a role in it as well. This is the movie where Olivia Wilde and Harry Styles met I assume and then started their romance so there's that part of it mm, how cliche I love
2: Harry Styles and, and Olivia Wilde I love Florence they're Pugh. great together oh
1: yes so this is an intriguing premise to me it sounds a little you know Stepford wives E. Truman Show that kind of thing perhaps yeah I'm just excited to see what the story is all about and I like Olivia Wilde As a director, uh, I I enjoyed Booksmart quite a bit. Oh,
2: Booksmart was amazing.
1: Yeah, so I'm I'm really curious about this one.
0: It'll be interesting to see see Harry Styles act opposite Florence Pugh because that is Mm -hmm. one heck of a powerhouse. Yeah, (laughs) seriously. Yeah, (laughs) That woman.
1: (laughs) Fingers crossed. I'm a little nervous to put anything on my list because my list is is doomed, so... (laughs)
0: okay
2: so so far six films no crossover
0: not yet oh yeah
2: Sinclair number three
0: my number three pick is called Disappointment Boulevard and Mm -hmm. this is directed by Ari Aster I think I feel like we might have some crossover with this one Um, yeah it's on my list because Ari Aster is amazing this is like my perfect collaboration. Ari Aster yeah. is directing Joaquin Phoenix. Like, this is my dream collaboration here. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I mean, we loved Hereditary. We loved Midsummer. He's such a great director, and he's definitely one of the new masters of horror. Yeah. This was also written by him as well, and just quick synopsis here, just so everybody already knows what this movie's about when you guys say it. (laughs) Decades-long spanning portrait of one of the most successful entrepreneurs. That's so vague. It's so vague. vague. There's not a lot of information about this film, and there's no character names on IMDb. So all I could find on this was that Ari Aster said that he wanted to write a four-hour-long nightmare comedy. Yeah. Wow. So I don't <laughs> know. I don't know. And basically I've seen set photos of Joaquin Phoenix and they've really mm-hmm. aged him. He has like white hair and he's like has very thinning hair. Mm-hmm. So the I'm I, I'm not sure. But it has apparently some vibes as one of his short films um, called Bow. You can watch it on YouTube. It's mm. basically only like seven minutes long, but it's a descent into paranoia. And Mm. that short, I guess, is supposed to have some common themes that this film is going to. But, I mean, I I just cannot, I can't wait to see this collaboration. It's just a dream. Or a nightmare.
1: I don't (laughs)
0: know.
1: I don't know. I can't wait. Anyway, yeah. Yeah, so this was actually my number three pick as well. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah very excited to see another Ari Aster film and of course Joaquin Phoenix we love him I have to say I actually helped a friend do an audition for this movie so I did Mm -hmm. get to see some of the script Wow! and it's very like it's very mysterious I'm (laughs) I'm not gonna say anything else but the script the few pages of the script I did see were like fucking bonkers and I can't wait Mm.
2: Oh, that's really exciting. I love that. Yeah. Oh, some Mm -hmm. inside tea, Helen.
1: Yeah. I think not. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, Eddie, what's your number three?
2: Okay, so number three on my list is The Northmen.
1: Yeah. And
2: this is Robert Eggers' new film. It's about a Viking played by Alexander Skarsgård, basically going on a killing spree, seeking vengeance for the murder of his father. Anya Taylor Joy also stars, as well as Willem Dafoe, Ethan Mm -hmm. Hawke, and Nicole Kidman. So we watched this trailer Mm -hmm. completely insane.
1: Oh, yeah. So intense.
2: Visuals, drama, score, intensity, everything. Yeah. Yeah. So Robert Eggers like knocked it out of the park with his feature film debut, The Witch. Right. Then he followed that up with The Lighthouse, (sighs) which Mm -hmm. if you're a Patreon member, you can listen to that episode because we covered it back in season three. That was one of my favorite movies of the year. So I feel like the pressure is kind of on for him. Like if this movie is as good as those first two, I think that this is going to elevate his career to like a whole new level as a director. And especially yeah. with this cast and the subject matter is kind of accessible. I think it's this is going to be a much bigger movie than the previous two. So I cannot wait. Mm-hmm.
0: And we
2: don't have to wait too long. This comes out April 22nd. So yeah, right nice. around the corner. Cool, Cannot wait. The Northman. Oh, yeah. Um, okay, back to you, Sinclair. Number two.
0: Okay, so my number two is... Killers of the Flower Moon. Mm-hmm. And this is Martin Scorsese's new movie. So I've actually been getting my dad a lot of uh, books that are being turned into Martin Scorsese movies. I've, I bought him <laughs> The Devil in the White City, which I have uh-huh. a copy of. And then I'm also getting him a copy of Killers of the Flower Moon, which I have a copy of. So I have been sending him these, these books and reading them kind of wanting to read them with him. And my dad oh, is not nice. a big movie person at all, but he is a big book person. And for some reason, when I say, oh, Martin Scorsese is directing it and Leonardo DiCaprio is attached, that still means something to him, even though he's not a yeah. big, like oh. that's still a selling point somehow. <laughs> so I always find that really funny. But yeah, it That does
2: surprise me. I think that combo is a selling point for a lot of people, specifically. yeah. Marriage.
0: O- and, or I older like, men. Exactly, and I feel like exactly, and I feel like Martin Scorsese, he he picks source material that intrigues that demographic for sure. Yeah, definitely. So, Killers of the Flower Moon is it's a nonfiction book that was considered one of the best nonfiction books of 2017, and it covers a series of murders of the Osage people, which is a midwestern Native American tribe in the early 1920s, and basically there were these big oil deposits that were discovered underneath their land. So it's a story of corruption and this battle for the oil that ends up leading to a lot of murders, like 20-plus murders of these Osage people. And there is an FBI investigation and then a trial and a conviction. So the, the whole title is really Killers of the Flower Moon, the Osage Murders, and the Birth of the FBI. So this has Leonardo DiCaprio who is going to play the lead role of FBI agent Tom White and then he pushed to actually have his role changed. He wanted to play the nephew of Robert De Niro's character and his role ended up going to Jesse Plemons. So Jesse Plemons Mm -hmm. is actually going to be the lead in this. They had a lot of production delays because of COVID. And I think that this is supposed to have a theatrical release, but also stream on Apple TV, which is, that's Mm. what Joel Cohen has done with the tragedy of Macbeth. So I feel like it's going to be a similar situation. But yeah, I mean, obviously this is a stacked cast. Robert De Niro, Brendan Fraser, John Lithgow is in this. And yeah, this is obviously going to be epic. It has a budget of like $200 million. Wow. And it's just going to be... a huge movie, and uh, yeah. I I can't wait. I can't wait to like mm-hmm. read the book alongside my dad and and chat about yeah. it, and maybe show him the film when it when it comes out.
1: Yeah. On oh, and, nice. and Brendan Fraser, good for yeah. him.
2: Exactly. Getting in a
1: yeah. Scor- Scorsese movie. Yeah, <laughs> that's awesome.
0: E- Edison? Is it Edison? Oh God, it's gonna be fucking <laughs> Aquaman too. Okay, Edison, <laughs> what's your number two? <laughs>
2: Okay, so guys, I am I am cheating a little bit for my number two film. Thor, and God of Thunder. I'm just, just going to put the, en- <laughs> the entire trifecta of MCU movies in second place. Because I'm just oh, so excited okay. for all of them and for different reasons, and I can't cut any of them from my list.
0: All 75 so- of them. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> You better ramble trifecta, them off quickly.
2: Trifecta 3. So very quickly... In May, we have Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, so we'll be exploring the consequences of Doctor Strange's manipulation of space and time, and like really diving fully into that idea of the multiverse, which I just live for. Mm -hmm. From the trailer, this definitely has horror elements, and it's directed by Sam Raimi. Okay, that's
0: great. I like that. That's cool. That's cool. That actually makes me more excited about it.
2: Well, and he also famously directed the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man film. Yeah. So I'm really oh, excited yeah, that's for right. this. Yeah. yeah, Then we have Thor, Love and Thunder in July. And yeah. I can't wait for this one because Taiki Waititi is back, returning as writer-director. And also this film explores the comic story where Jane Foster, so that's Natalie Portman, actually becomes the God of Thunder. And it's a mm. really emotional storyline in the comics I won't get into that but can't wait and then finally is Black Panther Wakanda Forever which is coming Mm -hmm. on November 11th Uh, so that first film obviously was just such a cultural moment and Mm -hmm. and a really great movie and then since then sadly Chadwick Boseman passed away Mm -hmm. so I'm just really curious to see where they'll take the story from there and how they'll pay tribute to Chadwick uh, in it. Hmm. Yeah. Cool. So, yes, the MCU Trifecta, Doctor Strange, Thor, Love and Thunder, and Black Panther, Wakanda Forever.
1: I'll accept it. I'm glad that you didn't split those up into your pants because it would have made for a very boring (laughs) list.
0: Fair.
2: (laughs) Okay, Helen number two.
1: All right. Number two for me is a movie called She Said. Mm. Here is the description. New York Times reporters Megan Twohey and Jodi Cantor break one of the most important stories in a generation. A story that helped launch the hashtag metoo movement and shattered decades of silence around the subject of sexual assault in Hollywood. So this is the story of the reporters who broke Harvey Weinstein's mm. story, basically. Mm. Carrie Mulligan and Zoe Kazan will be playing the two reporters Mm -hmm. and Patricia Clarkson is in this movie as well and it is directed by a woman named uh, Maria Schrader who's a a German director Mm -hmm. and I mean I I hope that this is a good story it is it is based off of a book that was written by Jodie Cantor and Megan Touhey so their own accounts of the process and yeah I mean fingers crossed I think it has a lot of potential
2: Yeah, Carrie Mulligan just coming off of a really big year, right? With Promising Young women, So there'll be a lot of attention on this and with the subject matter too. Yeah. Mm, Yeah, I think that, yeah, this is definitely one to see for sure. Okay, guys, this is a moment that everyone has been waiting for. We have all been waiting for. What is the number one most anticipated film of
0: 2022?
2: (laughs) Sinclair, go.
0: The Northman. Duh. <laughs> <laughs> this Shit. should be everyone's number one. I can't believe it's your number three. You put all those Marvel movies in front of the Northman. Are you fucking crazy? <laughs> <laughs> That's the, the Northman had the best trailer so far. Mm, Just blew totally. me away. I had friggin' chills. So pumped <laughs> for this movie. I love Robert Eggers. The Lighthouse was my favorite movie of 2019. Edison, you went over the plot already, but yes, this is a Viking story. But when you watch the trailer, you see all of these different surreal visuals, so you know it's not just going to be a standard Viking story. It's going to have a lot mm-hmm. of abstract qualities to it. And The Lighthouse had a lot of mythological influence oh, to hell? it. Yeah. So I feel like this is just... The perfect director to take on a Viking story. Yes. And there's going to be uh Iron Age Scandinavian magic and sorcery. And it's going to just be so cool. And the cast is unreal. Uh Edison, you did forget that Bjork also <laughs> in this cast. Oh my
2: god. I did forget. Oh, yes. I didn't know that actually. She is
0: also in the, she's in the trailer. <laughs> <laughs> York and the trailer but this just looks so incredible it, it also looks very ambitious in terms of production and scale yes. and just oh hell yeah all around epicness and it's funny because there's a really great article that is on the den of the geek site and it's basically titled the northman will robert eggers bring art house to beefcake cinema oh my god <laughs> you know because it yes. is vikings Amazing. you know it is very you know hyper masculine and you see alexander skarsgård who's the perfect casting for this like oh, this man yes. is meant to play a viking and he's super ripped in this and it, i think it's funny that they are calling it beefcake cinema and it's interest it's going to be interesting to see the the touch of arthouse that that he's going to bring to this film also it uh, when I was watching I was like this has a lot of like Hamlet vibes to it Mm. and apparently this was inspired by Hamlet but inspired by the Scandinavian folktale that inspired Hamlet oh
2: okay so yes right
0: so interesting yeah.
2: The S- only thing I can say about this film is that the friggin' goddamn cinemas in Toronto better be open by the time this comes out because there is no yes. way I am watching yeah. this on my TV. Yeah,
0: yeah. April. You know, I, you guys know I'm really cynical, but I have hopes. I'm going to see this in the theater. I can. We'll I drive can to Detroit. It.
2: We'll drive to Detroit.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I can feel. It. Yeah, but th- the Northman, duh, number one. <laughs>
1: Okay, I feel okay. like the cynicism of the modern world has actually turned you into a hopeful person because you're such a contrarian. I've
0: you're like, really well, hopeful. if the world's
1: cynical, I can't be.
2: Exactly. <laughs> it's so true. Like,
0: everyone's too cynical right now. I feel like everybody else. I'm going to
1: be optimistic now. Exactly. <laughs> oh, Yeah. <laughs> All right, Edison, what's your number one?
2: Okay, well, this will come as no surprise to anybody who knows me, but my absolute most anticipated Mm. film of 2022, and indeed ever, is I Want to Dance with Somebody, the Whitney Houston biopic. Mm -hmm. It's described on IMDb as the joyous, emotional, and heartbreaking celebration of the life and music of Whitney Houston, the greatest female R&B pop vocalist of all time tracking her journey from obscurity to musical superstardom. I am so excited for this. I was really nervous at the very, very beginning, but it's being written by Anthony McCartan, who has been nominated for Best Screenplay Oscar three times already for The Theory of Everything, Darkest Hour, and The Two Popes. He also wrote Bohemian Rhapsody, and sure, we had our issues with that
0: film. Oh, God. (laughs) Uh,
2: No, but Sinclair, that film is a giant crowd pleaser and everybody loved it and it's fun and our issues with it were that it didn't go deep enough into the kind of like the shit of Freddie Mercury's Mm. life. It wasn't dark enough. I don't want dark with Whitney's Mm -hmm. story. We have seen an arc. There's been enough trauma. We had the documentary, two documentaries. I don't want Mm -hmm. that. I want joyful. I want people to leave the cinema wanting to dance with somebody. We've mm-hmm. seen enough of it, so that's what I want. It's being directed by Cassie Lemons, who previously directed Harriet, and it stars Naomi Aki as Whitney, who I don't know who she is, and mm. Stanley Tucci as Clive Davis, and that's perfect casting. I feel like um, they
0: need an unknown, though. I feel like that's yeah. What that's is. what yes, I was just to say. Yeah.
2: Bohemian Rhapsody, Two Popes, Darkest Hour, Theory of Everything. There have been three Best Actor Oscars in those films. Yeah. So, true. Mm-hmm. He's a writer who writes to deliver really solid performances. Um, mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I have a lot of hope that this is actually going to do Whitney justice. I really hope so. It comes out in December as well. So they're definitely pushing for awards in that Christmas box office. So yeah, here's hoping. Oh, my most anticipated and my most nerve nervous.
1: Right. Yeah. yeah. I'm nervous for you. Yeah, me
0: too. Yeah. I don't want to hear what? you rant for the rest of your <coughs> life.
2: I
1: know. I don't want you to be disappointed. I know. I know. I know. Big shoes to fill. Yeah.
0: I know. Yeah, totally. I just want to, like, talk to you for a couple months after (laughs) that.
2: Okay, Helen, what's your number one?
1: Okay, my number one is Where the Crawdads Sing.
0: Okay, see, I was going to yell at you for it not being the Northmen, but I'll accept this one. (laughs)
1: Part of why I didn't pick that is because I had a feeling you would both pick it or at least one of you would <laughs> yeah. because we just recently watched the trailer. Yeah. Yes. And I didn't, as much as it looks great, if it was going to be on your lists, I didn't feel like I needed to put it on mine. Yeah. But maybe yeah. that's part of the problem with me and why I end up picking <laughs> shit films. I don't know. Uh, So this is based off of the book by Delia Owens that I know Sinclair and I have both read. It's a wonderful book. It stars Daisy Edgar Jones, who was the lead in Normal People. Incredible in that show. That's also based on a book that I love. So I'm very, very excited to see what she brings to this character of Kaya because it's such a wonderful role in the book It's being Mm. directed by olivia newman and this is executive produced by reese witherspoon and her production company hello sunshine which tends to really champion female storytellers and female driven stories the screenplay that was adapted from the book is by lucy alabar she did the screenplay for beasts of the southern wild Mm. um Mm -hmm. and there's just a lot of emphasis like the majority of the producers on this are, are women and there's just and it's a very female story. So mm-hmm. I, it's just so awesome to see these stories that are, you know, crew is and the people that are creating it are, are women. And I'm really interested to see how they adapt this, too. Cause yeah. It's, a, it's it's an interesting one. And it's hopefully going to be cinematically very beautiful. Mm-hmm.
0: They can't fuck this up. They can't. This book was so yeah. massive. And it's like really, yeah. really beloved. And so many people have read this book. So many people love this book. Like, mm-hmm. please don't fuck this this movie up.
1: Because yeah. a lot of people will be unhappy, including myself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know. I, I realized I haven't actually given a description of it yet. <laughs> uh, so here is the description, courtesy of IMDb. A woman who raised herself in the marshes of the deep south becomes a suspect in the murder of a man she was once involved with. I mean, that's just like a dip of the toe in, you know, the lake that is this story, I would say. But so, yeah, I'm very excited for this movie. All right.
2: Only one, two crossovers.
1: Two crossovers. That's not bad.
2: That's not bad. That's not bad. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Out of the 15 films that we picked. So, oh, uh, it's so fun. I love this episode. Mm-hmm. I was so excited to like dive in and research and see what was coming out this year.
1: Yeah, same. And,
2: and there are so many others too. So yeah,
1: I was very close to putting the new Jordan Peele on my list.
2: I know me too. But we were probably <laughs> just a little nervous because of us. Yeah.
1: Yeah It's called Nope yeah, I couldn't so, bring myself to Well do it. wasn't
0: yeah. Us P- Potential Helen, shout was, out to Nope yeah. Helen uh, I think Us was on One of your anticipated
1: lists <laughs> <to> Yeah it <laughs> was my number one For
2: that what film. <laughs> um, <laughs> Wasn't <laughs> Antebellum also on that
1: Yeah, yeah So you, hated I have Antebellum. a history of picking A terrible film <laughs> <laughs> So I just <laughs> That's why I say I mean Take my list of the greatest And then movies. you had
2: The Witches on it as well Which yeah. you have yet to Yeah I didn't even see. fucking see that movie Yeah Yeah <laughs>
1: <laughs> so <Yeah>. bad
0: <laughs> you know what though I think you have a good list this time thank you yeah. i think yeah. really tried a solid to make list this time a good list
1: see wow. like, um, how
0: optimistic
1: am I right now it's weird I, it's, it's off-putting
0: who even <laughs> I, uh, yeah I don't know
1: all right. Well, uh, listeners, why don't you let us know what your most anticipated movies are for 2022? You can email us at talkmovie to me at gmail.com. Follow us on Instagram at talkmovie to me. You can tweet at us at TMTM podcast. Rate and review us on Apple podcasts. Our website is talkmovie to me podcast.com. And as we mentioned at the beginning of the episode, you can become a Patreon member for all of our episodes. Patreon.com slash talkmovie to me. I'm Helen.
0: I'm Miss Sinclair.
1: And I'm Edison. Happy New Year.